0: With your Amex card entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select campus events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: I'm Saleya Mosen, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started the Big Take DC. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin.
2: And I'm David Gura. Listen to the big take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Let's go! This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on Sin. <laughs>
4: the Lombardi line here on a Friday. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino and Hotel in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Michael Lombardi back home in New Jersey. Michael, happy Friday to you, sir. We have got a great show on the docket. We're going to talk talk tons of NFL. Of course, we're going to have Wes Reynolds on later on this hour, Michael. But I do want to begin the show, if we could, with my buddy Carl Paulson, who's over at St. Andrews right now, of course, Sirius XM, Radio, uh, Sirius XM and PGA Tour Radio. And Michael... We went to high school together. One of us went on to host this show. The other one went on to play in the British Open back in 2001 when David Duvall won the whole thing. Carl, uh, welcome back to the program, my friend. I gotta ask, I'm sure Michael watched, I watched, I tried not to cry as Tiger Woods went over that Spoken Bridge. We don't know if it's for the last time today, Carl, but you're there. I'm sure you got to get a feel for what this is like. Can you tell everybody back here in the states what that moment has been like here in the last hour or so for Tiger as he possibly says his goodbye to St. Andrews?
5: Yeah, I, there wasn't a dry eye in uh, in the radio booth, uh, including myself, to be perfectly honest. Um, but you, you know, I, it's hard to it's hard to tell whether or not he's going to be back at St. Andrews. I've got a feeling that maybe he will, but it's certainly was special. He took the hat off when he walked over the Swoken bridge. He took the hat off after. He, he was visibly disappointed he missed the birdie putt at 18, wanted to give the fans and spectators a thrill, missed it, but it only took a second or two for him to realize what was getting ready to happen, and when everybody gave him a standing ovation, he smiled and wiped away a few tears.
6: Do you think that, Carl, do you think that he's at a point in his life where he feels like his body just won't do it anymore? Did you get that sense of him? I mean, you know, there was such hope that he would make the cut, finishing plus nine, three over on the day. Do you get the sense that he just doesn't feel he's got the game any longer?
5: No, I don't think so. I think that, you know, this is the tournament that he had circled on his calendar to come back from uh, from the devastating leg injuries and the reconstructed leg. He came back early and thrilled us by making the cut at the Masters and at the PGA Championship. Um, I think we need to give this some time and, and see where this is going to go. Um, you know, he's 46 years old, and I, I don't think he's completely done. I think he's going to try and get himself in shape to see if he can –
4: I don't know if we lost Carl over there in uh, St. Andrews. We may have just lost CP, but uh, if he is, is he back? Okay. I, th- I think we lost Carl, but want to uh, thank Carl for joining us there. Uh, Michael, off the top of the show, because again, everybody that's there, I-, I woke up, I've been watching in the middle of the night, the last two nights here. And you know what it is, Michael, like you get, you've been around greatness. You know what it's like to see uh, kind of prolonged greatness, say with Tom Brady, right? And Bill Belichick, I mean, when you see one of the best coaches of all time, and you don't know when Bill decides to, to say, I've, I've had enough. And I thought what Carl said at the end is pertinent, that I don't know that when he didn't stop at the Swolkin Bridge, right, which is what Jack did when he knew it was his last time and stopped and posed and took all the pictures. Arnold Palmer did it. We're talking about the absolute greats and the legends in the game of golf. Tiger didn't do that. He kind of motored on through. So we don't know when it's going to come back. If St. Andrews gets back in the rotation the next five, six years, that puts Tiger over into his 50s, Michael. I just, I'm with you. I don't know if the body can hold up that we ever see him again, but if we did see the last of him, at least at St. Andrews, I, I just don't know how you can have a better run. Obviously not the way he wanted to end it.
6: Well, I, I don't think we've seen the last time of St. Andrews. I mean, he he can still play golf. I mean, can he still make cuts? No. I mean, I don't think Tiger's going to be one of those guys either. I can win it, or I'm not going to play. I think he's an ambassador for the game, and I and that's the kind of the question that I was trying to get from from Grant, what what from Carl was is this more of a resigning that I can't play, but I and still enjoy this course, or is this just like I've had enough? I can't play. Yeah. And, I think he'll go back over there again. I think when we saw Jack say goodbye, when we saw Arnold say goodbye, they, they knew they couldn't even walk the course any longer, that it was just not going to be fair to the other entries. I, I do think that Tiger's got it back in him. I mean, I mean look, the, the, it's going to get his body back in shape. It's, it's going to take some time. But, you know, this is a hard course. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is a hard course, and the projected cut's even par. You know, and so it just tells you how things, I mean, Mickelson shot even today's four over things can happen so quickly over there.
4: Yeah. And and it's happening. We'll keep an eye on that right now. It looks like the Cameron's Cameron Smith, Cameron young, those guys still battling it out here at the top of the leaderboard as they try to uh, conclude today's play. And then we'll figure out that cut line. But to your point, Phil's not going to be around for the weekend. Tiger Woods will not be around for the weekend. I know a lot of people, even myself, a small wager, I had on Tiger to make the cut, and I knew that was over yesterday after the first hole when he got that bad lie and he made double bogey on number one. And he even said after his post-round comments today, maybe if that ball doesn't land in a divot, it goes the other way. But his body, just you could see, it's almost in retrospect now, Michael, when you look back that he made the cut at Augusta and he made the, gut, the cut at the PGA – uh, that's, those are remarkable feats that we look back on. And then he goes to, quote-unquote, the easiest golf course of the four, and he doesn't get close to making the cut. I, I think looking yeah. back, we might have, I know I did, maybe thought a little bit too much of where he really was in his progressions.
6: Well, I, I think it's an easy course, but it's also an unpredictable course yeah. because sometimes the bounces just don't go your way. You know, you might hit the most perfect shot. You know, look at him yesterday at 18 you couldn't have driven it any better than he did at 18. And then he three putts and he gets out of there with par, <laughs> Right. you know? And so it's just one of those courses where, you know, you've got to, everything's got to be rhythmic. Everything's got to be in tune and where his game is right now, I don't think it's there. But one thing we know about Tiger, and we know this about Michael Jordan. We know this about Tom Brady. We know this about Bill Belichick. They have competitive stamina. They love to compete and a blurp in the road isn't going to deter them.
4: I'm right. Yes.
6: When it's hard, it's not going to deter them. You know, they're going to keep bouncing back because he can't live with himself when he doesn't play good golf. He just can't. And so he's going to do everything he can do or his body will allow him to do. And I think he has another win in him somewhere. I don't know whether it'll be the Wells Fargo Open or the British Open. I don't know. Mm. But I,
4: I think he'll have another win in him wow, that would be headlines if Tiger Woods could do that once again. And I'll tell you this, you're right. The determination in the the post-run interview uh, once he, you know, he he actually takes a couple minutes to wipe away the tears because it was very emotional for him walking up 18. I mean, that's one of the most riveting scenes you're going to see in any sport. Uh, Certainly, Tiger getting his homage if this is the last time at St. Andrews. But he did say, to your point, he's going to play in the British again. He just doesn't know if he'll be back at St. Andrews because they don't know when that's going to go on the calendar, but it would be well into his 50s if that happens in five six years down the road but boy if he could win again on the pga tour right if, if he could do that that would be a major achievement whether or not that was another major at, at augusta national or pga or a british open just not at st andrews but you're right there was a look of determination of like this is not the last time i'm not going out like this that's the feeling no, I, I got mean, too he-
6: He's too competitive. I mean, let's face it, David, he's way too competitive. And he's going to keep working at his game. What else does he want to do? Right. Like, you know, this isn't something like it, he has lived golf his whole life right? He hasn't worked in golf. He's lived golf his whole life. <laughs> really and has. so you can't take that away from him. It's like, you know, novelists, why do they write better as they get older? Because they've lived it. They keep, they have more life experiences. You know, why, why does Billy Joel stop writing music for 30 years? Cause he just stopped. He doesn't have any more life
4: experiences to write about. <laughs> Tiger's got those. He wants to keep going. He's not going to give it up. No doubt about it. And uh, when we come back, I do want to talk about another guy that we wonder when he's going to hang it up. That's Tom Brady, as we kind of put that in the, in the Tiger Woods conversation. But very quickly, I mentioned the Cams are leading the way right now. Cam Smith is still leading this championship. He's at 11 under par from Australia. Uh, he is through 13 holes. Cameron Young is one off the pace here uh, from your neck of the woods there. Uh, he is just one off the lead here, Cameron Young. And what a day he had yesterday. Right now, the live odds. Uh, Cameron Smith is the betting favorite here, about 2 to 1, plus 215. I'm seeing uh, market wide. Cam Young, remember, he's just won back 9 to 1. So the betting numbers are telling you, Michael, that when you and I are having this conversation tomorrow, they're not expe- expecting the American cam to maybe be where the Australian cam is right now.
6: Well, I mean, look, I think this is anybody's tournament, right? We know this, that if you're within three to four or five shots of this thing, you've got a chance. I mean, Rory McIlroy's tied for six right now. He's one under on the day. He's minus seven. You know, I I truly believe that, you know, if he gets in there and he's somewhere around eight or nine, I mean, Scotty Scheffler, I don't know what his odds are, but to me, he's eight under. He's He's four under on the day today. He shot two, basically, two rounds at four under. Scotty Scheffler's perfect to, to go and say, okay, whatever your number is, let me see here. Scotty's to four one. plus four, 9 to 1. Yep. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get a better. Dustin Johnson, you know, I mean, he's another, he's 5 under. Dustin likes this course. I think it's pretty clear. 4 under yesterday, 5 under today.
4: I, I feel like, and I don't want to jinx this, uh, Michael, I got Dustin Johnson out here in Sin City a while back at 49 to 1. So I'm oh, I'm loving my spot there, as you mentioned, plus don't 850. Don't worry about jinxing it.
6: Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Dustin probably doesn't even know he's over in Scotland. He probably thinks he's playing down in Melbourne, Florida. You know, he has no idea, you know, so he's golf good. He'll keep going. My acronym... You don't have to worry about jinxing him. He's perfect. He's fine.
4: No, I, I say it in a very loving way. I call him the BDE, the big dumb elephant. All he does is goes out there and plays golf. He doesn't really know what's going on. I, yeah. I... He just shows up and plays. I, I
6: mean, I think he has the... Per- I don't mean... I'm not insulting his intelligence when I say this. I think he has the perfect mentality for golf. It's the next... He just lets it go. You know, he's... Uh, Bill Berman's daughter. I kid her all the time because she lives through the raindrops. Nothing affects her. You know? You know never, never gets wet. You know, she never gets wet. It's the same thing with, same thing with Dustin Johnson. He, you think he's affected by people being critical of him with the Live Tour? Uh, absolutely not.
4: Exactly right. He just does not seem to care, and not in a bad way, but it's. Just a kind of you know water all through off the raindrops, duck. Dave. Exactly. Got to right. learn to live through the raindrops. So right now the live numbers: Cameron Smith up plus plus two fifteen, Rory is plus four fifty right now as a second betting favorite. Uh, DJ there at plus eight fifty, Cameron Young nine to one, Scotty Scheffler nine to one, Xander Schauffele then at sixteen to one. We'll talk with Wes Reynolds later on this hour and get his thoughts as you try to navigate the gambling waters of the British Open. JVT Jonathan Von Tobel will join us in hour number two to talk all things NBA. But when we come back, more of the retirement talk. Is this it for Tom Brady coming up? Come on back. It's the one buddy on a decent, the sports betting network.
7: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer, Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon,
4: The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. So today you're going to get VEASAN's Daily Best Bets, including Adam Burke's Daily MLB Best Bets, NFL Preseason Coverage, Premium Articles on Golf, UFC, and NASCAR. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a Daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. And a reminder, of course, we'll be doing summer league coverage uh, throughout the edge. And Jonathan Von Tobel is going to join us later on in hour number two to talk more about that and the NBA. A lot of trade rumors still going on there. The big news yesterday, of course, DeAndre Ayton going back to Phoenix. So we'll get JVT's thoughts on that as well. Back here in the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi. I am Dave Ross. And Michael, it's interesting because I talked to Carl and, and just listening to Carl before we got him on at the beginning of the show, Carl Polson over there at the uh, the Open Championship he mentioned how, like, routine is so different for, for American players when they go overseas. And he mentioned when he played in his Open Championship, his tea time was 4 p.m. local time. United States, we tee off at 8 in the morning, 9 in the morning. You get all these mm-hmm. long days and nights. And athletes are creatures of habit, right? So we'll talk about this with Wes later on in this hour. But there might not be more of a creature of habit than Tom Brady. Like, in, in, just like, this is who I am, this is what I do – And I have a proven track record with it, and I'm not going to stray from it. And then, in this offseason, he retires, air quotes, 40 days, right? And then he comes back, and then they Mm -hmm. ask him, is this it, Michael? And this is his quote, and I quote, I would say it's year-to-year. Could this be my last year? Absolutely. Could I change my mind? Absolutely. I realize I don't have five years left So he's not going to play five like Tiger maybe at another open over in St. Andrews. But that opens the door that this could be the last year. But I guess it keeps the door open as well that this is a year-to-year thing. Speaking of the creatures of habit, you know Tom Brady better than most. What do you take from this? Do you glean anything into his brain that says he's leaning one way or the other as far as this year being the last year?
6: You know, I don't think you can get to that point yet. I think with Brady, because of, as you described, with his routine and his attention to detail is really never about looking distantly in the future. I think it's always the next day, the next massage, the next (laughs) protein shake, the next, you know, workout. And look, when he announced he was retiring, you know, for me, I was taken back by that because in 21... You know, he throws 43 touchdown passes. You know, he throws for the most, you know, most attempts in his career, you know, 719 attempts. He completes 485 passes, the most in his career. You know, he 43 touchdown passes, which is the only second to the year with Moss in two, 2007 when he had five. You know, average 312 yards passing per game best in his career. Like, th- like this isn't the time to leave, right? No. This isn't the, the time to walk away. Well, it was actually the second best of his career. It's not the time to walk away. <laughs> so, I I think to me, once he feels a slight decline or it becomes really hard, you know, it's hard because we don't have Godwin back 100% healthy. It's hard because... Evans is gone or, you know, we only Cameron Brate's at tight end and I don't have Gronk. And the offense starts to get harder and harder to move. Then I think that's when he'll walk away. But until we see it, I don't think we have an answer.
4: You know, it's so interesting because off the, the beginning of the show, we were talking about Tiger Woods and the idea of being a ceremonial golfer. Something Tiger said he never wanted to do, but he might be forced into that role if he keeps playing. Tom Brady, I can't see him being a ceremonial quarterback, right? Not at this stage of his career, because yeah. he he's still been on top, right? As recently as two years ago. So I look at the profile for them this year and you go, He's eight to one to win MVP. He's on the shortest of the short list of guys inside ten to one to win the award. Are we closer to peak Tom Brady still? in your eyes, Michael, or closer to the Tiger Woods of the NFL, where we're starting to see that Father Time's catching up?
6: Well, I mean, after the 13th season, he was 36 years old. I I thought we were seeing the decline of Tom Brady. And after the 14 season at 37, he risen. And by, six, by the 16, when he's 39 and 17, he was just dynamic. So last year was probably the best I've seen him throw the football in a long time, especially on deep throws. His movement, his quickness, his athleticism all looked at an elite level. I mean, it's hard to look at Tom Brady and say that's a 44-year-old man who's, who's gone through the rigors of the NFL. It's really hard to say that. Because he just does things that are such different the way he's able to play and manipulate. I mean, think about this, David. There's only been one time in his NFL career, 2002, that he didn't win double-digit games. Mm. You know, the year he got hurt in 08, that doesn't count because he was hurt. But every year from, from his time he started playing in 01 till 2021, 20 years of playing football, right? He's only, he's only had one te- season where he didn't win 10 games. It's remarkable.
4: Here's the thing I just don't get. I, I'm serious when I say this too, Michael. And I've got a lot of people in this business and, and good friends that know football. And, and, and when I hear, well, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is just athletically so much more gifted than Brady. So what Brady's done, it's almost like a detraction of what Brady's actually accomplished. And I'm a big respect guy on what you've actually done. Right? So, like, I look at Brady as whether go theoretical, all that stuff doesn't really matter. I look at the going to the Super Bowl ten times and winning seven rings and doing it in the first year at an advanced age over 40 with a franchise that just doesn't win perennially. And I look at all those things and I go, how does he do it then? And other guys that we just say are better than him, right? We just say that because athletically – they look better than Tom Brady. How does he do it, Michael? What is it about Tom Brady that makes him this real-life mythical quarterback?
6: Well, I mean, first of all, he's got great competitive stamina. I mean, he's preparing for a game against the worst team in the league as if he's playing the Super Bowl. So that's, that, that starts it there. He's got great competitiveness. St- Every game is the most important game. He doesn't turn the ball over. So he doesn't have bad games. You know, rarely does he turn the ball over. I think you know, 2% is one of the highest interception ratios he has in his career. So he doesn't turn the ball over. He continually works to improve himself. And the fact that he makes the other players better because when he gets to that line of scrimmage, he knows what the defense is doing. He makes everybody better. It's the same thing with Peyton Manning. Not the most athletic guy. Couldn't really run. But when he got to the line, he was Jason Bourne-like where he could just do whatever he needed to do and knew what the defense was going to run, and he made everybody else better. It's a rare quality. This is why it's so hard to find the quarterback in football, you know, because that, that innate ability of being able to, to anticipate throws, stay in the pocket, make throws down the field. Often, quarterbacks who have age, who have become older, they get hit too many times, their eye level comes way down. Mm. Yards per attempt become a key indicator of where you are. I thought Aaron Rodgers, the year they drafted Jordan Love, his eye level was way down. Now it's come back up, but you go back and watch the 49er playoff game, that eye level was down. He was worried about He was worried about the rush. Brady doesn't have that. He's been able to kind of block that out, which has allowed him to maintain a high level of play even at 44 years old.
4: It really is astounding because what you're talking about are things that that really the the common fan – And and certainly in a gambling perspective, you should take this into account that the the eye level is a big thing to look at for an aging quarterback because you do worry about, I just, I don't want to take these shots anymore, right? Because I've been there, done there. Why do I have to keep doing this? It feels like he's still in that fight with the other 52 in that locker room going, boys, we're plus 750 to win the Super Bowl, you know, plus 325 to win the NFC. He doesn't care about those numbers, but from a gambling perspective, we do. And the, because that competitive juice is still there, I'm not betting against them. Like there's no, no way that I would that I'm picking. You know, there's some chic teams. I know New Orleans is a team that people like, uh, certainly in our network as well. They're minus three dollars. That's a huge betting favorite. And barring an injury to Tom Brady, I just don't see them losing this division.
6: No, I, I don't either. But you know, look, one thing we know about Father Time. Unlike with Brady, it's undefeated. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and he could easily. And I hope it never does. But what happened to Dan Marino when he walked off the field in Cleveland because he tore his Achilles? You know those things you just have no control over. You know it's like the first game of the year when he when he hurt his knee, you know, in, in New England in the '08 season where he kind of was out. You know, it just that was nothing he could do about it. So, look, it, Father Time's going to eventually win this. But I'm with you. I mean, he's still you can't bet against them. They have the best quarterback in the division. I mean, we don't even know who's going to play quarterback in Atlanta, Mariota. Ryder, Felipe Franks. Mm. I mean, come on now. New Orleans, we got Jameis Winston. Can he protect the football? You know, Carolina's got Baker, and they've got Sam Darnold going to battle it out. It leads all roads lead to Brady, and if they manage the game correctly, and Brady doesn't turn it over, which he never does, they're going to win their share of games.
4: Yeah, 11.5, uh, minus $1. ten here uh, for that win total as well. Yeah, you just look at the division, and I know, like, New Orleans, I love their defense. Dennis Allen taking over there for Sean Payton. You know, and I like them, but, you know, not only does Jameis Winston turn it over, he's coming off an ACL. So we're just assuming that Jameis is going to be 100%. There's no guarantee that even peak Jameis, and what is peak Jameis, is that going to be good enough to usurp Tampa Bay and Tom Brady just because they don't have Gronk? I don't think so in my eyes. And I look at the over under and I go, there's no way I could bet the under on that in that week of a division right now because you're looking at probably five wins. 5-1 5-1 potentially in that division. we got much more on that. I do want to talk more about Sean Payton and whether or not he's already an eyeing return to the NFL and where that might be. Come on back. It's the one party on here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted ad specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522 4,700 back alongside Michael Lombardi. I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line. A reminder, Wes Reynolds, Will Hill, and JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel will join us throughout this next hour and a half. But I do want to update the British Open. The Open, they say, Michael. We snobby Americans say the British Open because we have our own Open, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open. Uh, and I did want to update that because right now, Cameron Smith, the best round of the day, Michael, was a 7 under par by Adam Scott. The Scotty got all the way to seven under after mm-hmm. shooting even par. The best round now is by Cameron Smith. He's eight under through 14. He eagled 14. He now is a three-shot lead over the other Cameron, Cameron Young. And right now, Cameron Smith, the Australian, who's never won a major, by the way, has won a player's championship, is a plus $1.20 betting favorite. Now, Michael Lombardi, very quickly, if I gave you those odds, you can have... Cameron Smith, you got a three-shot lead, but you got two more days to go. Would you take that at plus one hundred and twenty, or would you take the field?
6: I don't know. It's something about the that course. The Australians love it. Adam Scott shot minus seven mm-hmm. today too. I mean, you know, they're, the the Australians are minus fifteen on the day here. <laughs> I mean, if they were playing, if they were playing best ball, it would be ugly. I, I mean, I, I think to me you know, this; it's far from being over, right? Rory's sitting there. He just, you know, he's through seven. He's minus two. Obviously, what I think that's telling us is Cameron Smith's putter's hot and the course is playing a little easier. I think once we get everybody unified on tee times and start times, I think we'll have a better understanding. I think Scotty Scheffler's a really good play. Mm -hmm. I mean, Patrick Canelay, you know, is minus seven. He shot minus five today, too. You'll get good numbers on him. Rory probably's numbers will be good. I think there's a lot of other numbers out there that I think could be enticing to the better with as much chances winning as Cameron Smith. I don't see this being a start to finish win for Cameron.
4: That's a great point. And again, the numbers have moved a little bit since our, we updated them because Scotty Scheffler is now 11 to 1. Obviously, he hasn't done anything. It's because Cameron Smith has made this move to elongate that lead. You're going to get even better numbers. Like Xander Schauffele was just 16 to 1. He's 22 to 1. Victor Hovlin's 20 to 1. Uh, DJ is now 10 to 1. Rory, though. To your point, has held firm as the second betting favorite, four to one, because Rory's got a lot of holes to play and he's playing well, to your point, of yeah. two under already. For the day, so Rory could be the guy by the end of this day. We'll see how it plays out over the next hour and a half, where he ends up. But I'm with you. That you might get the better value now because Rory has the opportunity with more holes to play, and I can't wait till everybody's got similar tee times tomorrow, so the weather can't affect what side of the draw you get once we get to the weekend. So we'll keep you updated there. Uh, when when we uh, last left you, we were talking about Sean Payton a little bit here, and. We all know that Sean Payton stepped aside from New Orleans. Maybe it surprised some Dennis Allen taking over there. He wasn't retiring. He was just stepping aside and taking a break. Now, uh, potentially, he's returning to the NFL, maybe in the sidelines as soon as next year in 2023. And the reports say he's eyeing a couple teams. Two of them I don't think are a surprise. The Cowboys, because obviously... Cut his teeth there under Bill Parcells in the Cowboys in the early 2000s. Has a a pretty good relationship with the Joneses. The Dolphins as well. We've kind of heard that uh, muddled about there a little bit. But the one team I want to bring up to you, Michael, which really surprises me, is the Chargers. Now, you and I have talked a lot about Boy Genius 2.0. That, of course, is Brandon Staley. (laughs) Is there a chance that in his second year with the Chargers – That Brandon Staley, I don't know if he hears these reports, but certainly it's got to raise the antenna a little bit if somehow Sean Payton potentially could be linked to the Chargers in 2023.
6: Well, I mean, look, the, the Chargers are not relevant. they got a great young quarterback, and who wouldn't want to coach him? And they're in Los Angeles, and let's list the teams that are ahead of them in terms of fandom. Right, you know, we know you see, we know the Lakers, the the oh. Raiders are ahead of them, right? We we know the Rams are ahead of them. We know USC's ahead of them. Mm-hmm. You know, are they? You know, are they the Kings ahead of them? I, I don't know. Are the Clippers? Yeah, I would think so. So there's no there's no conversation. So ninety percent of it, when when owners feel their team doesn't have a have a, a kind of a, a a clout within their own town, they look for somebody to bring clout, right? You know, Tom Benson did this when he hired Mike Dicka years ago. You you hire somebody <laughs> to kind of put a signature on your franchise. So it makes sense. I mean, if Brendan Staley continues to do strange things, regardless of what pro football focus a- a- acknowledges <laughs> him for being brilliant, I think it's going to be acknowledged by the people that know what they're talking about to, to say, look, that's just not going to work. We'll see. I mean, look at this. The Chargers, it's a remarkable team because, you know, they've got, On defense alone last year, they were one of the worst teams on defense in the National Football League last year. Couldn't stop anybody on third down. They have a a Pro Bowl safety. They have a Pro Bowl defensive end. You know, they had a linebacker, White, who signed a huge contract with Philadelphia. Right? They've got a bunch of pieces, Mm -hmm. but they can't stop anybody. So when you're breaking down teams, you're sitting there saying players, coaches, or scheme. Right. Well, you know, you hired Staley. What always troubles me as an executive is when you hire a guy whose expertise is in one area, and the team is bad in that area. The New York Jets, one of the worst defensive teams in all of football last year, still lies the head coach. The Chargers, one of the worst defensive teams in the National Football League last year, their head coach is a defensive coordinator. You got to you got to think a little. You got to be concerned about it. I mean, you've got to be concerned. I mean, you know, they're so bad. And now, they say if you talk to anybody in Chargerland, the reason they went for it as much on fourth down is because they knew they were bad on defense. Mm. Well, I mean, can't you solve the problems? Right. I mean, you can't solve the problems. I mean, you know – you were first. You were the best team in the National Football League on fourth down defense because nobody had to go for it on fourth down because you you were thirty second and third down on offense, third down defense. And when you got in the red zone, teams scored on you. You're the twenty sixth best team, worst team allowing scores. So you know, I mean, to me, I think to me, I think he's in over his head. I don't see it with him. You know I think he's got a, he's got his own beliefs. You talk to anybody in the coaching community that there, there there is not a you know a, a sense of oh he's kind of a great listener he'll take no
4: he thinks he knows mm-hmm. and you're not going to change him well here's the amazing thing to me Brandon Staley right now is the favorite to win coach of the year and get to about fourteen of to course win. he is
6: <laughs> of course he is david because let's he's got a great quarterback. They've made. They added J.C. Jackson now to the secondary, right? His offensive line is much better. There's no
4: excuses no. for him. Tom Telesco's given giving him what he wants as the GM, right? I've here, here are the pieces. So you got to go coach him up. I mean, right? I, don't know what I mean, what else you want?
6: I don't know what else. You know, like seriously, can you? You know, Khalil Mack. I. I, I, mean, I, I you got well, everything. I mean, we'll see if we'll see if Khalil Mack can play to the level. But let's say he can. You know, but they, they, they re-signed Mike Williams. They've paid him a ton of money. Allen, they've paid a ton of money. I mean, the Spanos family has paid for this team. Now, they can't get the fan support that they wanted, but they have. You know, Joey Bosa's got to come through for them. You know, they've got two good corners in, in, in J.C. Jackson and Samuel. They've got a good nickel corner. It, it, you know, they're they're able to do some things. I mean, look. Bryce Callahan's one of the better nickel corners. He knows the system in from Denver. He played with, with Staley. You know, he understands, not with Staley specifically, but he understands the Denver system. There's no excuses.
4: 16-1 is Mike McDaniel as one of the smaller favorites there in Miami in year number one there. And the other team on this list, of course, the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy's 30-1 to, to win coach of the year. So it feels like the logical spot, right, is that Jarrah – is not enamored anymore with Mike McCarthy. It goes south. I don't know if he makes it through the season. That feels like a, a connectable oh, dot.
6: Se- I mean, unless it's a unless it's a bomb effect. You know, Jerry. You know, Jerry don't like paying people off. Ah. I mean, Jerry. He's got a lot of money, but he, he don't want to have to do that. You know, and and, and the other thing is, does Sean want to come in and accept the rules and regulations that the Cowboys are offering? Ooh. Which is which is you're not running this organization. Steven is, which is Kellen Moore is going to be calling plays.
4: You're not. Oh, come on, Michael. You think, you think that Stephen and Jerry will tell Sean Payton he can't call plays over Kellen Moore? Like, oh, I really? Think
6: there's no doubt about it. Really? I think there's no doubt about it. I don't have any doubt about that at all. I think they believe Kellen Moore is a, is a star, and they don't want to change their offense. I mean, Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl calling place. He doesn't do it. What's the difference between Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton? Right. They both won the same amount of Super Bowls. Now, there's a perception that Sean's way better than McCarthy, and, and I think he is, but there's that perception out there. But the, they both have the same amount of Super Bowl trophies.
4: Yeah, it's a great point. It, the, the point being is that Sean Payton, if it worked out in Dallas and that spot became available, is not going to waltz back into Big D and run everything. Right? He's still going to be under I mean, the look, thumb of the Joneses. When you're talking about
6: the kind, when you're talking about the kind of money that they're going to pay a head
4: coach now, you can you can you can get on those,
6: you can get on that uh, wheels up. You can live anywhere. I mean, no whatever doesn't matter. If you live in L. A. or Dallas, you can get there as much, as quick as you can. <laughs>
4: Fascinating conversation. When we come back, we're going to join, uh, be joined by Wes Reynolds. We'll figure out what's going on right now at the Open Championship and how to bet it going forward. Come on back. It's the Lombardi on, on these and these Sports Betting Network.
7: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
4: Attention, BetMGM customers. You got a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account, click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up, makes a deposit, they're going to receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend passes, places a bet with their, wa- their bonus and their wager is settled, you're going to receive a $50 bonus as well. So share the excitement at BetMGM and get Get a $50 bonus. Visit bitmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Gambling problem? Please call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line. And Michael, as you know by now, the Open Championship is my favorite of the four. Look, I love the Masters and our championship, the United States Open, and the PGA. I'm glad they moved it up in the calendar event that they did. But I lose sleep this time every year because I stay up in the middle of the night and watch overseas golf uh, and major championship golf, and it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. I entered, for the first time ever since I moved out here to Sin City, a golf contest with guys like Vinnie Maiulo, Wes Reynolds, Brady Cannon. I mean, some of the sharpest... MINDS OUT THERE, MICHAEL, I'M NOT DOING WELL.
6: West well, Reynolds. I mean, golf's a hard sport to handicap. Uh, West Reynolds and Brady Cannon woo. are good. So is Vinny. So is our Hall of Famer, Vinny, who we missed this week yesterday on the show because he's back getting a, a well-deserved award as he enters the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I mean, that's good company to be in.
4: It's a lot of fun. And we bring in West Reynolds right now. Of course, follow him on Twitter as I do at Wes Reynolds 1. Uh, one of my favorite co-hosts here. I love all of our co-hosts here at v but it's always fun doing shows with Wes. Uh, West, you know, again, I look up and I was just telling Michael about our, our golf league that we're in and, you know. Vinny had the winner uh, at the United States Open. He had uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. I know you're doing well again on your handicaps so far in the British Open. Cameron Smith, the guy that I know you have a future play on to win a major, right now with a two-shot lead over Cameron Young. Boy, the Camerons are crushing this thing. Cameron Smith still hasn't gotten over the hump. It feels like right now, green light go. Do you see any danger ahead potentially for Cameron Smith?
3: Well, uh, Dave, he's taken dead aim pretty much at every hole here. He is being very aggressive. He's eight under through 15 holes. So, look, he could still get to, you know, maybe like a 62, perhaps a 61 if he birdies out. But, yeah, he, he's been very aggressive, and this is the type of course where he really functions well, I think, if you look. It's wide open, so you're not going to get in a lot of trouble off the off the tee if, you, if you're a little wayward and not very accurate because – obviously with the link setup, up you don't have any trees to protect that so you're not hitting it out of trees you're not hitting it out of like really thick US Open type of rough so he's been able to be creative and plus the fact that he's red hot with the putter and he's one of the best putters in the world. He's one of the best around the green, but uh, in your intro there, Dave, I know you were saying this is your favorite major. You're up all night in the middle of the night functioning <laughs> on very little sleep right now. I know that you were chronicling me at the, the uh, teddy bear rescue that <laughs> yes! we, that we, that we saw. And, uh, and then dad, just looking at his phone, not paying it any mind when a teddy bear's life was in danger. Did you see that yeah. Michael,
4: the, the teddy bear?
3: Was... I
6: saw it. I sure did. I mean, look, I, I got grandkids. I know the importance. I mean, my oldest son left uh, Elmo on a plane that uh, ended up landing in San Francisco, and Elmo ended up in Puerto Vallarta. You know that was a <laughs> catastrophe on the house. I mean, you know, I understand the importance of make sure you got to take care of your teddies.
4: You know, the best part about that gentleman, they finally got back the bear for the little girl, and her older sister had a bear the mom didn't give the bear back to the young daughter. She put it like in the it, it, in her oh, purse or something. You
6: can't lose that bear. right? You got to like, protect, your, you gotta protect your kids from your kids. You got to protect it, yeah.
4: <laughs> so they're going to protect bear, the bear at all costs. Uh, they, the big bear, the big cat in this one, Wes, uh, obviously did not stick around for the weekend. Of course, Tiger Woods, we don't know if this is the last time that we saw him. I did play Tiger to make the cut, and I realized that that was dead after the first hole yesterday what'd you make of that? Cause you know, I still can't like Mike and I discussed earlier to make the cut at the harder events. Right. And then he skipped the open championship to get ready for this one. And it was almost about even money kind of went back and forth as week went on. Are you as surprised as I am? Maybe not that he missed the cut, but that he missed it so widely. He wasn't even close.
3: Yeah. And, and you saw a little sign of that, I guess. And I thought it would be better this time around too. But last week, when he played the J.P. McManus Pro-Am, he was seven over. That's only a 36-hole event. It was uh, last Monday and Tuesday of the previous week, and just didn't look great. And I know he skipped the U.S. Open because St. Andrews means so much to him, having won the Clara Jug here twice, both in 2000 and 2005. And in his post-round comments, he seemed pretty solemn. He goes, this might be my last open at St. Andrews because, It's not in the rotation, at least for the next few years. And, you know, by the next time it comes here, he's going to be on the north side of 50. So, you know, Tiger is as much of a student of history in the game of golf as probably anybody that's ever lived. So I think, you know, when he made that walk, it meant something to him. And I think he was walking pretty briskly because I think he was so disappointed in how he played. And that's what makes him who he is. He just has that competitive gene. I think he knows that, you know, physically, I can't, I can't, I can't do this very often anymore. And if he could, he'd be playing at least a little bit more of a full schedule. You know, he'd be playing some regular events like Memorial and Bay Hill, Riviera, places where he's had success. And you could see just the wear and tear, and I think that long round yesterday, because mm-hmm. he was paired with Matt Fitzpatrick and Max Homa, and they made you know a comment about you know six hours and fifteen minutes. So when you go out late on Thursday and then you have to be in the early morning the next day after a six-hour and fifteen-minute round, I just think physically he couldn't withstand it mentally I still think he's sharp he still knows how to attack he still knows what he wants to do it's just you know you kind of see the physical tools break down here late in a career and it is like watching like an old fighter that's staying too long I'm not saying he should retire but he's gonna have to get his health in order I think to play at least a semi-regular schedule you know where he's playing you know eight to ten events a year if he can even get to that again
6: yeah, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about Dustin Johnson. What mm. do you see in his game, uh, Wes? I know he's had two great rounds over there. I mean, we haven't seen much of him on the Live Tour, but what do you see in his game, and can he win this?
3: I think he absolutely can, Michael. I've got a piece of Dustin Johnson actually at thirty-five to one, along with Cameron Smith. And I saw something out of DJ in 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 that Live event in Portland. And look, you know. I don't know how much it's real golf. It's only 54 holes. All the money is guaranteed for these guys. But I saw a guy that at least that competitive edge kind of came back. He wanted to win that thing. And it's been a year and a half since he's won anywhere in the world. He won what was a DP World Tour event at the time in Saudi Arabia back in January 2021. But he's gone through a lot, I think, in his personal life. He finally got married this summer, of course, joining this tour and all the scrutiny and the criticism that is going to come with that. But... I saw a little something there at that event at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland that thought maybe he could play well. And then I hearken back to uh, what our guest actually on Long Shots this week, Ben Coley, from the Sporting Life over in the U.K., he said, remember that the last time the Open was at St. Andrews? That was back in 2015. Dustin Johnson was your 18- and 36-hole leader. So he can play on this course. I know the finish wasn't very good because the wind was just out of control all over the weekend, but – Yeah, I think he can absolutely win this. I still think that he's not a washed up player like some of these guys that have gone to the live tour. I think he still has greatness in him, I still think he has the talent. I still think he has the opportunity to win another major or two and obviously add to his already Hall of Fame career. So I absolutely think DJ can win this.
4: Ten to one right now, if you want, or nine to one right now, if you want to hop in on DJ in a live number that I'm seeing here, Wes. Got a couple minutes to go. I want to ask you about another American over there, and that's Scotty Scheffler. And it's it's weird. Scotty right now, uh, 10 under par. Uh, excuse me. Uh, he is at eight under par after shooting back-to-back 68s. He's 10 to one in the live market here to win this thing. And it, I do get a feel too, Wes, for as great as he is, he's the, the, the Masters champion from this year, number one player in the world, that people still don't fully believe in the betting market on Scotty Scheffler. I, is there something that we're missing with Scotty? Because I don't see any holes.
3: I think it's just, you know, the fact that he's a young player and he doesn't, he hasn't necessarily developed the pedigree in terms of international play yet. Uh, Didn't gain a lot on the greens, putted very well yesterday, not so much today, but he's been great off the tee. He's been accurate. He's been long. So he absolutely deserves respect. I mean, he was right there in the U.S. Open. Remember, he finished tied for second, Uh, you know, missed the cut in the event right after the PGA, but you're going to miss a cut or two here or there. So I think this guy absolutely deserves some respect. And uh, he's the one I'm worried about the most because I've got him surrounded a little bit. I've got Smith and DJ and can't lay Adam Scott back there at seven under. But I think Scotty Schepler's the danger guy here.
4: Absolutely. So again, I look at that live number, I go 10 to one for a guy who just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. That might be the way to go if you want to get into that uh, live in-game market. Hey, Wes, appreciate it, my friend. Try to get some Thanks, sleep. Thanks, Wes. It's tough for but us. We will, <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. There he is, Wes Reynolds, one on Twitter. And one other name I just want to throw out. I know he's way back. He's 10 off the lead right now. Jordan Speed's 80-1 to right now and the live number to win. I know.
3: It's- I-, I
6: liked him going in, though, Dave. I liked him going in, but he's disappointed me. I mean, I thought this was perfect
4: for him. I think it's just too far out now. I do, too. So right now, uh, Cameron Smith's still at 13 under par. Come on back. Hour number two of the Lombardi One of the Sports Betting Network.
1: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,